Hi friends, Salim is on me. You're listening to Catch Me in the Kitchen audio snacks, bite-sized stories and music. I'm your host, Professor Pineapple, Professor Anana. Aujourd'hui, today, we're joined by Toronto actor, writer, and director, Sarah Joy Bennett, and her tale, The Princess and the Frog. Welcome, Sarah Joy. Merci, happy to be here. I'm excited to hear your adaptation, The Frog Prince. Can you tell us a bit about the original? The Frog Prince was one of many fairy tales that were collected and recorded by the Brothers Grimm in 1812. In their retelling, the princess turns the frog back into a prince by throwing him against a wall. And then stories about a kiss came much later. Fairy tales have have always been morphing and shifting and twisting depending on who is telling the story. They are very slippery creatures. They sure are. Okay, here we go. The Princess and the Frog La Princesse et la Grenouille Once upon a time, il était une fois, there lived a simply stunning princess named Violetta. Her father, the king, le roi, and her mother, the queen, la reine, had brought her up to be a perfect princess, une princesse comme il faut. Her golden crown was worn at just the right angle and her velvet gowns flowed behind her like rivers. Everything she did was elegant and everything she said was gracious. The royal mistress of etiquette had even taught her how to swoon, just in case she ever had to sleep for a hundred years. All the lords and ladies of the court were extremely proud of Violetta. You can tell how important our country is because our princess is in princesse comme il faut. But when no one was looking, her favorite thing to do was to play catch with her golden ball, sa balle dorée. In fact, it sometimes surprised her how good she was at it. She could toss it over her head and catch it behind her back. She could flick it up from her toes and bounce it on her knee. She could stretch out her arms and send it rolling from her right hand across her shoulders all the way over to her left hand. But only when no one was watching. On one day, when she was playing with her ball, Sabal, in the castle gardens, she got the wonderful idea of balancing the ball on her nose, Sané. She had once seen the court jester doing it, and it looked very impressive. She looked around and stepped further into the shade near the lily pond because she didn't want anyone to see her try. I don't think it would look very princessy, Violetta worried. She leaned way back and placed the ball on the tip of her nose, Sané. Steady, steady, splash! The ball slipped from her nose and dropped into the pond where it sank like a stone. My ball, exclaimed the princess, and she plunged her arms into the deep green waters. She reached and grabbed and dug in the slippery reeds, but it was no use. Before she knew it, she was crying great, huge tears, des larmes. The splashing of her tears, ces larmes, made the pond ripple and Out of those salty ripples, a pair of large brown eyes appeared. She looked into those eyes. They looked back at her. It was a frog, une grenouille. 
It rose up from the water, cleared its throat with a small cough, and said, Pardon me, excusez-moi, but that's quite the hubbub you're making. What's the matter? Is there a dragon around? No. Has a wicked witch locked you up in a tower? No, it's... It's my ball. Oh, I see. You want to go to the ball. No, it's my golden ball. Ma balle dorée, said the princess. It's my very favorite thing, and it rolled into the pond and sank. And I'd nearly worked out a new trick with it, too. The frog, la grenouille, put his head on one side and said, Say, if that's all the trouble is, I could get it out for you in a flash. Swimming is what frogs do best. Violetta looked doubtfully at the frog. He was very small, and he didn't look like he could even lift it. I'm a most unusual frog. I'm sure I could do it if... Oh, I'll give you anything you want for the ball, even my crown, même ma couronne. No, 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 said the frog. I don't want ta couronne. I only want a friend. Someone to play games with in the day to share a dinner with in the evening, and to tell stories to at night. Princess Violetta thought about this, and then she lifted her head the way she'd seen her father do when he was making proclamations. Very well, she said. If you return my golden ball to me, I shall be your friend. There was a plunk sound as the frog dove down and disappeared into the dark waters. The princess waited for what felt like a long time, until a little gleam of gold came rising up from the darkness, closer and closer, until her wonderful golden ball bobbed up to the surface like a cork. The frog lifted the ball in his tiny hands while his little legs paddled frantically below the surface. Violetta was overjoyed. She scooped up her precious ball with a cry of delight and ran off through the gardens towards the castle. The little frog was panting and gasping from his difficult swim. Hey, he wheezed, slow down, attendez, that's not what friends do. But she was already running through the castle gates. The great brass gong was sounding to announce that supper was set in the banqueting hall. Torches and candelabras were burning brightly, and the banqueting hall was full of lords and ladies all in their finest. But when Violetta came sweeping down the stairs in her lavender silk gown, all the lords and ladies agreed that she looked like a perfect princess. She took her seat beside the king and queen, le roi et la reine, when all of a sudden there was a loud, booming knock on the door. It was impossible for the evening to continue after a knock like that. The royal butler, in his crimson velvets, opened the door and announced, Sire, votre majesté, it is a frog set in grenouille. He says he was given an invitation, an invitation to dinner by the princess. An unpleasant laugh went up and down the table, and Violetta felt her face getting red. The king, le roi, gave her a look. Show him in, this grenouille, said the king. We shall hear what he has to say for himself.
the great oak doors were opened, and the little frog hopped splashily into the great hall, leaving puddles on the marble floor. The lords and ladies made faces at each other. He smells of pond scum, they said under their breath. The frog hopped all the way to the head of the table and made a low bow. Je suis la grenouille of the royal lily pond, golden ball retriever and friend of the princess Violetta, and I have been invited to eat dinner by her side. Grenouille, said the king impressively. Violetta is in the princess. Princesses dine with royalty. They certainly do not eat their dinners with pond life. The lords and ladies nodded their heads in agreement. Violetta just looked at her hands. Then there was the sound of the queen clearing her throat. <clears throat> Quite so, my dear. But I wonder, surely a real princess keeps her promises. Surely a real princess shows kindness and graciousness, not only to princes, but to everyone in the kingdom. Surely that is the mark of true nobility. Violetta, what do you think? Violetta thought. She looked at the frog, and she thought about how heavy her golden ball must have been in his tiny little hands. Then she turned to the king and the queen, and she said shyly, La Crenouille was indeed very kind to me, and, and I invite him to please join our table at dinner. La Crenouille took his seat beside the princess. The rest of the table stared and sniggered, and Violetta felt a little embarrassed. But the frog soon distracted her with his funny jokes, ses blagues. He was telling her a good one when the first course arrived. Uh, s'il vous plaît, said the frog to the waiter, but uh, could I trouble you for a plate of crickets and perhaps a grasshopper or two? The whole table rolled their eyes and turned up their noses. You disgusting little frog, they said. This is a royal banquet. Here we eat delicacies, strawberry leaf salads, rose petal cupcakes. Everybody knows that. The frog blushed dark green and tried to hide behind his teacup. Violetta thought for a minute. She looked at the frog and she thought about how hard it must be for him in a big castle, far away from his home in the pond for the first time. And then she turned to the royal chef and said, I think real princesses aren't afraid to try new things. And to be honest, I'm getting a little bored of pink icing all the time. A few minutes later, a large jeweled plate heaped with golden fried crickets and barbecued grasshoppers was set down in front of La Grenouille. Oh, oh, please feel free to share, he said. Your chef has done a wonderful job. C'est délicieux. The crowd muttered under their breath, but Violetta chose an especially large grasshopper. Mm. Mm. Crunchy, croquant, bon appétit. At the end of the meal, as was traditional, the musicians took up their instruments for the sunset dance. Oh, I just love to dance! J'adore danser! croaked the frog, and he hopped happily onto the marble dance floor. 
He kicked his legs and waggled his elbows. He bopped his head and shimmied his shoulders. He shook his fingers and jerked his thumbs. He slid back and forth across the floor, turned a somersault and did a complete splits. The ladies and gentlemen rolled their eyes, pointed and snorted. No style, no taste, pas du tout comme il faut. The frog held out a wet green hand and said, would you like to dance, Violetta? Cries of dismay went up from the crowd. Mais non, it's disgusting, c'est dégueulasse, it's ugly, c'est laid. Princesses only dance with princes, gracefully, elegantly. They certainly don't hop around looking like fools with dancing amphibians. Violetta thought for a minute. She looked around at the crowd of guests and saw many handsome princes among them. Over the years, she danced with all of them, very slowly, very elegantly, very stiffly. Suddenly, she noticed how stiff her beautiful satin gown was and how tight her high-heeled shoes were. It was funny she'd never noticed before. In fact, it was all pretty funny indeed. She felt her face cracking into a grin. You know what? She said to the whole crowd. I think that real princesses, de vraies princesses, don't waste their time worrying about what other people think of them. The crowd gasped and the frog smiled a very wide smile as Violetta kicked off her heels and slid onto the dance floor. She and the frog bounced and grooved. They shimmied and strutted. They wiggled and pirouetted. The crowd shook their heads quite disgusted, but Violetta, for the first time in her life, didn't care. The band kept playing. She and the frog kept dancing. They danced until the moon had risen high and full overhead. Violetta turned to the frog and said, Dear frog, Ma chère Cunouille, this is the best night I've ever had. And she reached down and gave him a big kiss. And what happened next? Qu'est-ce qu'il y a passé? Well, there was a puff of blue smoke, followed by the pop-zing of exploding fireworks, and finally a shimmering storm of sparkles. And when all the magical dust had settled, the frog had vanished, and there was a prince, dressed in soggy green velvet, with a wide smile, brown eyes, and rather long legs, standing before Violetta. Some say that he was a handsome prince turned into a frog by a wicked witch. Others say that he was a frog turned into a prince by a good witch, who just happened to be passing. In either case, the important thing is that Violetta and her frog prince, or Prince Frog, soon fell very deeply in love. And their wedding was a three-day festival with lots of dancing, golden ball juggling, and a dozen brilliant new recipes for crunchy barbecued grasshoppers. Some people in the kingdom thought it was a great shame that their princess was no longer comme il faut. But Violetta and her Prince Frog never worried about that. There were so many other things to think about.
was so fun. Thank you. My pleasure. You know, when I listen to your story, I can really imagine the characters. Friends, mes amis, if you'd like to share artwork you made based on The Princess and the Frog, you can do that on our website, catchmeinthekitchen.com. We'll post them on our story fridge. Okay, it's time for jokes. Berkin is joining us now in the kitchen to tell one of her favorites. Salut, Berkin. Hi. What do you call blueberries who play the guitar? Blueberries who play the guitar. Hmm. I don't know. What? A jam band. <laughs> Thank you, Berkin. Well, that's it for today's audio snack. Thank you to Sarah Joy Bennett for The Princess and the Frog and Berkin for her funny joke. Today's episode image was illustrated by Sarah Joy's daughter, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Merci, mes amis, for listening. We love sharing our stories with you. For more stories, songs, and recipes, visit catchmeinthekitchen.com. Thanks, as always, to our creative team, Liz Pouncet, Jeanette Moore, Stephen Lafreniere, Tim Freeman, The Pickled Peppers, Red Velvet Revolution, and, of course, Bearkin. See you soon. A bientôt.